do pheasants eat corn, yes or no? We're going to get into that right after this. Hey guys, if you've been listening to this podcast, you've heard us talk a little bit about FBN, specifically FBN Direct, which is the place where you can get the lowest prices on herbicides, fungicides, pesticides, adjuvants, basically everything you need to keep your crops healthy and growing. Here's something that's new. Now you can go on there and everybody can actually see the chemical prices at FBN.com. So even if you're not a member, they've opened it up. Now's your chance. You can go on there and see what everybody's been talking about. They've opened up the doors to help farmers out so you can actually see exactly how much you could be saving. Make sure you check it all out at FBN.com because FBN is also running some crazy deals until the end of July. And prices have dropped by as much as 27% on more than 250 different egg chemicals. This is your chance now to get what you need and save big time. There's also free shipping on orders over five grand until the end of August. These are some pretty big savings that can help your farm win this crop year. Join FBN, become a member, call 844-200-FARM. That's 844-200-FARM or check out FBN.com. Remember to mention the Minnesota Millennial Farmer and you will save $100 on your first year of membership. He was mowing a baseball field before oh, you guys got cool. here. He built his own pitching machine. I had yeah, on a tile. Yeah, yeah drain, drain tile wound up a stepladder. So you got to drop it in, ball. quick, go grab the bat before it comes out the end. You <laughs> he, <hit it. laughs> he told me when he got there, and I said, Onyx, you got them tires burned off that razor yet? And he goes, he says, no, but I've been trying to get Dad to let me speed it up. And he the won't, razor? And he won't let me. Yeah, no. It is and he plenty goes, fast enough. He goes, but. Uh-huh. Yeah. But he goes, he goes, Come check this out. I figured out how to speed it up. So all you have to do when he's showing Ollie is turn this bolt out, and then it speeds it up. And he says, it's only like halfway there, and it goes 30 right now. This thing's going to go 60. So, so he it showed Ollie? Yep. It's possible him and Ollie are out there right now. I was just thinking that we out. should go check on our kids. <laughs> was the razor still parked in front of the garage? Yeah. Uh, I think maybe. we'll be able to Jake hear will it. tell on anybody. Yeah. <laughs> so would Rhiannon. I think. thought... In his defense, if if you figure out how to turn the governor, it's fair game. Until Rhiannon gets into it and drives into a car or some shit. Well, yeah, yeah, it's pretty fast right now. Right, but if I've you, been meaning to actually dial it back a little without the people telling on anyone. the internet are like, "Your children are gonna die." So what you got to do is put a uh, put a lock nut on there that he's not strong enough to loosen. Yeah, a jam nut. Yeah, because that would. But yeah, is it as just a, a pedal governor? Can't yeah, pedal. that's all it is. Yeah, yeah, the bolt just goes in and out. It's got a little jam nut on it. That's all it is. Yeah. But I, I went like halfway because it was super slow when we got it. So I went like halfway thinking, well, we'll see what this does. Yeah. You, most of them, it was pretty governed back, so I didn't think it would make much difference. And Onyx gets in it and <laughs> tears off. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> we had the advantage of carburetors as a kid. So we just had to figure out where to run the wire to and what linkage to wrap it around to to bypass any of that. Any, yeah, yeah. Yep. So they've got a little harder now. But if they can figure out how to get the governor off, I'd I'd say it's fair game. Depends on the depends on the golf cart, but the ones at Red Rock, you could, uh, you, it was a screw in. It was just like a bolt. <clears throat> you just screw it in. Hmm. Yeah, but I would think if you could jam, if you jam a pencil in in a certain spot and jam the governor open. There'd be some yeah, way. Yeah, depending on what it was. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure Aren't there is all, a way. Of they're all it. electric, right? Uh, they weren't. 
They weren't. I mean, back then, no, they were gas. You oh, hit the gas yeah. pedal and they automatically. Haven't you ever golfed? No. No. God, no. Uh, what a horrible yeah. waste of time that would be. That'd be uh, like camping. Why would <laughs> well, I, I never, do that? I never golfed without a golf cart. I mean, that would be like camping, but half the fun is ripping around the golf cart. Well, yeah, just get a golf cart and rip around. But yeah, but you had to buy a nine-hole green fee or whatever it's called to, to get the golf cart. Mm. But yeah, you step on the pedal and it automatically starts up and drives. And you hit the brake and it stops and automatically shuts off. And it's a gas engine. It's a gas engine. Hmm. Yep. We had a Moto 4. We were only allowed to go into third gear out of five. We also had a Moto 4 for a while. Is that like a mini bike? It's a four-wheeler. Oh. But we always went to fifth gear. It topped out at 41, which was not very fast. Like an 88 Yamaha hmm. 200? You could lift the whole four-wheeler up with two hands. Yeah. Much. As you a could. kid? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you get unstuck. Yeah. 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 And when you rolled them hard, the, the hardest part so Dad didn't know was getting that caged headlight straight again so the headlight <laughs> would fit back in. Oh, God. We always had mini bikes, and my brother ended up tearing his big toe off with the peg of the mini bike, like leaning it over too much, and it got his big quite traumatic. His big toe? Mm-hmm. Ended up having, they had to reattach it, and he, I think he must still have a rod in there because without your big toe, it sounds like you're pretty fucked. Like, for balance, it's a pretty important. I thought yeah. that was one of the younger brothers. Yeah. All right, Beck, who do we got here? Uh, we've got Matt Christensen here with us. Matt Christensen, he is fellow firefighter of mine and Pheasants Forever. The I am. Occasional tractor driver on the weekends. Nah, Only if auto steer works. An Only avid outdoorsman. He's very quiet on the radio. Yep. Yes, I'm normally very reserved and quiet. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> <laughs> you seem reserved and quiet tonight. <laughs> need, to, need to open that. Get that flowing. Yeah. Oh, you no, you got to hold it to the mic. Hold the it water? to the mic. It picks it yep. up fine. There you go. Well, we mm. wanted to make sure it really picked it up. Okay. You should be better prepared next time. I brought a water. You brought a water. That's good. That's almost against the rules. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty it much. Is. And it's in a Pheasants Forever mug, <clears throat> which also is against the rules. No. No? Not when you're sitting around with a bunch of members. It's fine. Oh, yeah. You're oh. All well, how many members we got here? Three for sure. Three. Aaron's well, not I'd a member? Well, I'd assume Aaron's a member. She's a supporter of a member. You're not a member yourself? Oh, she's been a member a hundred times over. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? But are you a member this year yet? No. Ah, no. We're, we need to get to this. We're going to get to that. Um, I, gotta, I forgot. Well, I we should to... mention that Aaron is Matt's wife. And she's sitting off mic because we can only afford four of them. Right. True. <laughs> so I also got to write down one more thing from Matt's. Was it college days? Uh, I don't know what sec- you're about um, to say, Randy, so um, maybe. He went to college? I did. Can you believe it? When Matt... What'd you go to school for? Milked fish for a living. We'll get back to that. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I hope you actually wrote that down, because I'm really <laughs> curious. <laughs> Is this like pressurizing a turkey? Um, Kind of. It's more like milking a fish. Hmm. <laughs> right on. Well, Will there be chowder tonight? I'm going to write that know. one down. No chowder tonight. I don't know why this just reminded me of this, but we have a pregnant cat here, and today she went into labor, and she had the first kitten, and it was stillborn. Either that or the whole litter is going to be premature, but it's been five hours now, and she hasn't had another kitten. What do I do? Uh, check on her in the morning. I don't know. Is she going to be dead by then? Hmm. One would hope. <laughs> no. Well, they there's there's lots around. <laughs> who who are we to challenge nature, Becky? Yes. 
that's kind of, I mean, that's what I've been doing, but. There's only so much you can do. I'm more of a put it out of its misery kind of thing if you know it's not going (laughs) to. She was just jumping around on the deck. I know, that's Looked a little sore. She's acting fine, like purring and weird. Oh, boy. Stray kitty. That's that's what this one is, the stray cat. Like, it just showed up in our yard six months ago, and now it's having babies on the deck. uh, We could come up with at the time. Stray so this coming this coming from a guy who despises cats, will not touch a cat, won't let a cat get close to him. He's allergic to cats, so he says. Um, well, it's true. Then I'm this also stray allergic cat, to <laughs> this stray cat shows up at his house, and pretty soon, like, fine, I'll go buy it some food. No, I'll bring it little saucers of milk. Saucers. I'll of comb it at night. I don't know. I warmed quite up happened. the milk too. Of <laughs> yeah. <I've laughs> had, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and then it went from that to she's pregnant. Stray Kitty and then, got knocked up. And then what happened? Stray Kitty decided to have kittens in the entryway of our house. One Inside? Indoors? Inside. Yeah, because... You let the stray kitten in the house? Someone felt bad for it, not me. And, uh, was it brought, was it wintertime or was it cold? It in the entryway. I'm not sure why it was in there. It was in the closet, though, where we found it. In a box? <laughs> Jeez, it doesn't seem like anybody put it there. Yeah. <laughs> Just magically it made up. itself a bed in the closet. <laughs> a Stray little maternity had, ward. Uh, a couple kittens, and then uh, one that appeared to be stuck. And uh, yeah, it was not a stuck kitten. It ended up being a and you thank pulled you, Google, it out a prolapsed uterus on a cat. Ah, uh, yeah, the I had prolapsed this on a chicken uterus. once. Did you push it back in? I sure tried. Didn't work out. It did not work. Did so you really try? Well, well, what do you do? Kitten, you got to so hold it first. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do if you got a litter of kittens and a mom that's going to die? I mean, you got to try and save the mom. Otherwise, you got to dispose well, of the kittens. You know, here's the rest of the story. Now, someone encouraged me to call the vet, which I guess I ended up doing. And the vet would not believe me that this cat had a prolapsed uterus because that never happens with cats. Did he tell you there's, to pull again? There's no way. <laughs> he did not tell me to pull again. He said, oh, no. actually, if you do see it, do not pull on it. And, well, oops. And uh, long story short, someone in the family uh, showed the brand new kittens to the then very young human children that we had at the house, mm-hmm. who which immediately fell in love with kittens. So mm-hmm. dad chucking prolapsed uterus mother cat out into the woods Didn't, to let nature take its course. Couldn't do it. Um, was not really an option at the time so took this cat to the vet had to pay for a spaying bill oh they saved gosh. the cat's life and the only reason that i agreed to it was either do all that or agree to hand feed like five little kittens for the next did three you, weeks did you gain bottle. any other favors out of the deal no not you didn't all. ask for any other favors it was too much chaos right oh now. listen God, that would have been first think thing about this mind. situation <laughs> you know how cranky a guy probably would be <laughs> What better to cheer a guy up? No. I'm not throwing anything else in the, on the deal either. I just don't want to talk about it. Money Zach to the vet to save my favorite animal. Pets are the worst because they just die. <laughs> they do. That's exactly it. Like you got to just remove yourself from the emotions of it because they, they're all going to die. They're going to get run over. They're well, going to eat each other. Dies. Dogs. Well, yeah, but then they break your kids' hearts, which breaks your heart. So what is the point of having these things? Well, learning to how to cope with a broken heart is an important part of growing up. Hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess. But eventually you grow up and you just learn to shut yourself down emotionally. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, it's just a damn animal. And broken hearts suck, so we'll just pretend it's an item. And when it gets in your way, you kick it. But don't you think, like, farm kids who grow up, like, on the farm with, I don't know, like, their pet cows dying all the time, they're more, don't you think they're more emotionally rounded individuals because they've fed, ate their own pet? Or I don't know. Probably, I, I don't know. I guess. I mean, I guess dairy farmers don't walk into their barn and just see their cows as items. No. To kick around, you know. But right. Well, some do. I, if you want them to milk good, you do. You, you <laughs> kick. Yeah, you beat them. That's right. That's what Greg said. But you have to yes. schedule the beatings. They do better if you schedule it. All right, Matt. So PF. PF. What is PF? Pheasants forever. And quail forever. And we also have a division called Quail Forever. We are one and the same organizationally. Um, but there isn't there isn't Quail Forever here, right? Well, there actually is, believe it or not. We've got two Quail Forever volunteer-based chapters in Minnesota, um, one in the kind of the metro area and one in the very southeast part of the state, um, trying to bring quail back uh, in the Mississippi River Valley area of, of Minnesota. And that's a long fight, but... Making so are progress. quail invasive species like the pheasants are? Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right on the head, Becky. <laughs> I was just wondering. Uh, no, quail are not an invasive species. They're natural. I, I would add that a pheasant is not an invasive species either. <laughs> Maybe a well, non-native species. But a non-native. Yeah. So is a quail native? They are historically to Minnesota. Yeah. To all of Minnesota? Uh, very certain parts, of course. Um Southeast Minnesota for certain. Stop um, sounding so technical. And they liked. They liked. <laughs> I don't like it. Have another beer. <laughs> I'm uh, more of a pheasant junkie than a quail junkie myself. But Anyhow. birds of the open spaces. What in a nutshell? Really what is Pheasants Forever? PF is a conservation-minded organization that was started right here in yep. White Bear Lake, Minnesota, back in 1982. And uh, to sum it up, we're a uh, an organization that gets the tagline, the Habitat Organization. So uh, we're doing stuff to try to help out wildlife and conserve what uh, wild places we have left here in the state and across the country. And um, we've got a network of chapter volunteers from here to Alaska to Hawaii. That you really? I was going to ask that. You There's pheasants in Hawaii? There are, believe it or not, on the, they live the in, big island. They live in cages yeah. in b- people's backyards. <laughs> they get shipped from, like... China. They bring them in for the tourists. But then when they grow up, you can shoot them. <laughs> yeah. They tie a, tie a stringer on their rope in case they miss. <laughs> you don't want them flying away when they get scared. <laughs> yeah. uh, what, what, Pheasants Forever, I know they're obviously in Minnesota, and they go down like Iowa and Nebraska, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, how big of an area is Pheasants Forever in? And quail. Uh, well, PF and, and QF, um, like I said, we, we started here in Minnesota, but... Um, what's really unique about our organization, um, I mentioned we're volunteer driven. So we've got these networks of, of chapters and in Minnesota that pretty much relates to a county area and these men and women are volunteers and they, you know, we're, most of them are hunters, not all of them are by any means. Um, but they get together and, uh, you know, they host fundraisers and they try to do things to benefit wildlife across the landscape. So the unique thing about that is that the money that those men and women raise at that local level, they get to decide how to spend it as long as it meets Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever mission. And so what besides buying land to re 
make the appropriate habitat, what do they spend money on? We spend money on anything from introducing kids to the outdoors um, to uh, um, you know, rejuvenating prairie landscapes and, and other habitats. We can get more into that if you want to, um, but we're doing all sorts of stuff with shooting sports, conservation, clean water, uh, habitat up and down the stage. But um, the model of that locally raised dollar gets to be spent in their backyards if they so choose. That's what has allowed us to be successful even where there's no pheasants. I don't so think we mentioned this, but you're not a volunteer for Pheasants Forever. You're actually an employee of I am. the organization. I am, okay. I am one of a handful here in the state of Minnesota, which is pretty And you neat. pretty much rain all the volunteers. I, I don't you, rain. You provide, <laughs> well, you, you provide yeah, direction. <laughs> yeah. I rained on a cat once. Well, I can, I, can, <laughs> well I can imagine because I know sometimes what some of these hunting groups I'm gonna call it a hunting group. May I call it a hunting group? You can call it a hunting group. Hunting group. I get think, together. It more, it's more of a conservation, conservation group. group. Is that yeah, right? Yeah. Both. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'd suppose depending on the county, because I know a few counties where it's it's a full blown hunting group. You sure. get together, a couple cases of beer, and uh, things get out of hand sometimes. <laughs> things uh, get out of hand sometimes. Well. Yeah. Do you hear what's going on upstairs? Yeah, what is yeah. happening up there? It's so funny. The <laughs> mics, the don't, the mics the don't pick yeah, up any of it. But if you were here in the studio with us, you would just hear shrieking of about, I don't know, there's six kids up there. and Three little girls. The and house is shaking. and Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It must but, be a Pheasants Forever meeting. <laughs> <laughs> but I would assume because to be a part of the Pheasants Forever, you have to be, you have to do certain things. And I would assume there's probably, or, or not probably, or maybe groups that don't always want to do things the way they're supposed to do it, and you kind of got to slap them around a little bit and tell them shape up. So my, my official it, title is regional representative, which sounds fancier than what it is. But um, I get to work with that network of chapter volunteers in the western part of Minnesota and help them do things like fundraising, okay, um, like protecting habitat, like teaching kids how to hunt to get them outside or inexperienced adults for that matter i get to kind of help them be successful um so that entails everything from answering an email on you know how do i log into my chapter account you know all the way up to you know possibly going to auction to, to bid on some property and, okay. and everything in between so there's no set job list of responsibilities for what i do every single day but um working with volunteers you know it's something every it's something different every minute um, so you're kind of an right. organizer I'm an I'm an organizer. You yep. help put out fires, spot fires. Yep. Yes. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. So yep. before you did this, you were uh, what'd you call that? You were mowing and burning and planting grass. So I started with the organization under the title of a habitat specialist, and that was just a glorified uh, habitat installer. You're right. So I used to drive the tractor up and down the field and um, spread you know, your put seeds, in, spread my the seed across the land, and yes. You know, um, actually get out and do prescribed burning and maintenance mowing and working with landowners to to basically implement uh, the habitat side of, of conversation conservation move your mic this way so when you're talking to randy you don't have to like slide it there you go the we want you talking into better. the end of it so when you were doing you guys have bluetooth headsets yet they're crap mm. if you go on a podcast that has those their <laughs> audio is no good but when you're doing that that I had fun because I got to go with and help on some prescribed burns. I wrangled and, you into a few, yeah, a few. And and normally, we were busy while you were burning. You know, we're it's farming season, but there was there was two years in there where 
we weren't farming just the weather wasn't quite right but it worked to burn and i, I yep. think i just about helped him burn every one of his projects yeah you were on a lot of fires those yeah years, that was fun yeah so does the, do the pheasants forever do they have to hire like the fire department to come and help them with those burns or so what randy and i are talking about are a little bit two different things before my regional rep days you know helping volunteers um i was a fee for hire service so i was actually the crew out doing those fires and the other side of that is what our volunteers do through their chapters and uh, believe it or not they go out across the landscape in the spring and sometimes the fall um, and implement some of these prescribed burns themselves and in certain cases they may or may not help with the fire department uh, for the most part it's it's a lot of little little prescribed fires that they can handle with a hand through a hand handful of handful. crew and you know an atv or some backpack pumps or something like that how often do you burn the properties is there like a schedule you try and burn every two years three years the rockies, the rockies can't be that much like all the rockies. pheasant land that's gone up around here i don't know if i've ever seen any of it burnt yet pretty much like there's like two days every spring where there's just fires everywhere yeah yeah. I guess, well, the, what's that stuff that was um, straight north of where we lived in Kensington? That wasn't well, pheasants forever. Well, that's state land, isn't it? We'll get into that. We'll get into that? <clears throat> There's a bit yeah. of that around okay. this area as well. But. Was that state land? It's not pheasant forever land? That land is not PF oh, land. Okay. The stuff to the east of us, that's which where maybe always... isn't PF land anymore, but they originally acquired it. I would have to look at a map to be certain exactly what we're talking about but typically about every five years for grassland to stay in grassland a fire is, is generally needed or some sort of activity and whether that's mowing or burning or um you know doing something like that to kind of keep the grassland healthy that's that's your average and you're trying to keep the, the trees out right like the woody plants more or less yes i mean yeah. if you were just to take even a crop field and just not do anything to it right. eventually that thing's going to turn back into trees yep and um and the trees are bad because they cr that's habitat for the predators is that right i think well there's a I lot mean. of mixed emotions about trees um but generally speaking we're t we're in western minnesota so we're in the tall grass prairie region you know good ag country of course and uh, historically there were no trees here um, but when you're talking about groundland birds like a pheasant in this case Historically, there was no trees here. Historically, there was no trees where Prairie. we. Were, but if you go back even farther, wasn't this all? This was all conifer forest. If you go back way before, there were no trees. I thought dinosaurs mm. lived here once upon a time too. <laughs> yeah, I guess it right? depends how far back we're going. Uh, that's a long ways back. <laughs> yeah, I, I, no, I haven't but found any bones. Well, dinosaur saying, bones. If you know? go back before dinosaurs, there maybe was nothing here. Maybe if we brought back <laughs> not even pheasants. Maybe if we brought back the dinosaurs' natural habitat, we could. You maybe know. we should figure out how the Earth actually got here to begin with. Maybe let's talk about that. How? So that's so that's how? really. Well, it, it seems like a deep ask. topic. It's either it's whether it's either. Adam and Eve, or it's what's the th evolution? No. I don't think Adam and Eve started Earth. Yes. No. Well, they, they were they were more the they started the there's race. One other entity, yeah. the human, just a little bit above Adam and Eve that maybe made Adam and Eve. Yeah. So at what point well, did they yeah. bring Depending the pheasants? You here? That's what we're yeah, after. The, yeah, yeah. What? So Becky called them invasive species. At what point did they bring the pheasants here? Uh, well, Adam went to the... get them because <laughs> Adam, Adam Eve because Eve wanted a pheasants too. Yeah, <laughs> she liked the, she, the He brought back colors. one with a prolapse, he the feathers, whatever. The feathers for his uh, his coverings. 
his coverings. So I, I want to go back to the tree thing. So I, I always assumed, I've always looked across the land like, holy balls, somebody had to pull all these trees out because I know how much work it is to tear out a, an acre of trees. So that that wasn't the way we started farming here? No, the way we started farming here was because there was no trees and it was virgin prairie. And I'm pretty sure Matt's correct heavy soil. on that. It makes, a lot of, it makes a lot more sense now. I just never really thought of it. Yeah. But I always assumed there was, I suppose there was there was a tree here and there kind of everywhere in within the prairie. Yeah, no? I'd assume on the I'm, on the property know, lines on the on the fence rows. <laughs> <laughs> yes, where all the rocks are lined up. And you need either trees or grass to uh, keep the dust from blowing away, right? When you remove all that, that's when you get the dust bowl, right? We're talking about pheasants here, Beck. Well, let's not talk about what farmers have done wrong in the past. Okay, yeah. we're well, here to rip the, on Matt. When the farmers <laughs> and pheasants get into it, into it. So that's where. Sometimes the egg and the and the conservation groups get into it. Uh, you you have so much land, and obviously the conservation groups want more land, and the farmers want to farm more land, and I think that's kind of where a big part of the head bucking thing comes from. And then you add in some beers in a bar, and uh, everyone gets smarter. That well, it's proven that the more beers you have, the smarter you are. So. Yeah, yes. your IQ goes. And up. you're a better wrestler. Oh, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. You were, well, yeah. You were sleeping by that point last weekend already. Yeah. But I love to drunk wrestle too. Right. I yeah. just, I was, skills big boy was tired that night. Well. So. <laughs> yeah. I think what we what thought. What were we saying? Pronunciate or uh, pronounce? Or you had a word that was gauging that our uh, level of fun last weekend. You, you came you up could, with a word had, that you night? You had to keep <laughs> saying the word throughout if you, the if night. If you to couldn't see. say it clear anymore, then you were having. A lot of fun, but I forget, unless what, forget what it was. Unless you're Ryan, and then that, it gets clear. Well, yeah, what, that what was did one of them. The uh, last weekend. Um, <laughs> oh, he's remember that one. <laughs> but he said it perfectly clear. He said it like yep. none, he's immune nobody to alcohol. Else, nobody else can yeah. say it. He said it clear as day. Well, normally, you can't understand anything he says, and then he just he, cranks that one out like, "Whoa, where'd that come from?" <laughs> <laughs> Black kitties and mesothelioma. <laughs> that's the gauge yes. right there yep. Yep. but i think some of the the where the conflict comes there or i don't i don't know if you'd even call it a conflict it was you a call big it a deal. conflict it it's, was a big deal when the buffer thing came out was i would say it was there before that and then when that came out then it really flared up a bunch so, of so what do the pheasant guys have invested into the buffer though why because i thought that was just for water quality well, there's yeah. the there's the can of worms. Yeah, is it, it was, for it water was, quality? It was called many things at the beginning. Oh, and I think the reason, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the biggest reason is because it was first announced as a pheasant fest in, I believe, Marshall, Minnesota. It was uh, called the Pheasant Summit at the time by yes. Governor Dayton. Okay, and, uh, that's where it was announced. So it was it was called a Pheasant Summit. So was that a Pheasant Forever event? That was not. That oh, was a, it was just a Pheasant. The state of Minnesota. So that's where it so really So who put on tight. Pheasant, what would you say? Pheasant Fest? Pheasant Summit. Summit. So who was putting that on? That was the state of Minnesota and the DNR and like-minded groups that all kind of came together to develop this Pheasant Action Plan that was going to be implemented by the state. And the governor at the time was there, and he used the opportunity to announce that you know this buffer initiative or buffer law or whatever he was calling it at the time. At that time, it was a habitat buffer. 
So obviously, Pheasants Forever had something to do with that summit, though. When you say like-minded groups came together in the state of Minnesota. Well, I'm talking the the attendees that were there were conservation-minded folks and folks within the Department of Natural Resources and people who cared mostly about the pheasants to see what this pheasant action plan was going to turn into. And, and, uh, yeah, the governor at the time wrapped the buffer initiative. Well, we're going to add this habitat, and it's going to be good for water, and here's what we're going to do. Yep. And that perception as far as i understand it you know that it was announced at the pheasant summit yeah you know and it then, got, it and got then snowballed it had habitat, into, habitat tied to it right it snowballed into well well when pheasants forever you know at a pheasant summit meeting, were you there i was there yeah yeah, yeah. um so, you know and, oh, and that's i would how, imagine that's how guys yeah. with you know a couple or, beers in them get yeah and, and at the at, same uh, time i mean they were uh they were proposing or, or implementing to take a lot of farmland you start adding up uh the one we put in was across one quarter and it took seven acres you take seven acres time at that time land was sixty five hundred dollars an acre seven times sixty five hundred that was one of our quarters we have so a that's ditch. a big deal we have a ditch that runs through four quarters of our land out here that was all in that yeah that new buffer rule and uh we actually we appealed it because we found out some of the rules that technically qualify these ditches for it, which this thing flows water basically in March. Yep. That's it. So we, we talked to some people about it and found out there were rules on the watershed and this and that, and we appealed it and we won and don't have to put a buffer on it, which I think, we did on a couple of the quarters anyway. Yep. I think one of the biggest reasons is it was this is implemented and it needs to be in place by, was it the end of that year, the next well, year? He used and executive nobody, orders. Yeah, and nobody had time to figure out exactly what was in this everyone just holy crap we got to do this we got to do that right and when it come down to it there was a lot of things most uh, i don't know about most i'd say most most of our ditches the land actually slopes away from the ditch and then there's five spots across a quarter where the water actually enters the ditch yeah so you can do a lot of sediment basins you know some buffers around that there's a lot of things you could do where this buffer across the whole thing didn't make sense because the water actually runs away from the ditch at this point. Um, things like that is, is what had guys fired up. And through the years, I don't know, I suppose it was probably two years by the time it was fully implemented. At least, yeah. I think it and, was longer. And a maybe... lot of it got got sorted out to where you could no-till this part or you had to put in right. sediment basins here, buffer this area. Or you could put, like in our case, we have alfalfa on it, so it gets hated. Right. Yeah. Um, but we should maybe back up for a second because this was only a Minnesota thing, so a lot of people don't even really know what we're talking about here. But the governor at the time, Dayton, came out and said we're going to take – basically it was a blanket – at the moment he said it, it was a blanket statement of all public waterways, which the state can then use their authority to decide what's public. Yeah. And, and we're going to take 50 feet on each side of it, and there's going to be a, a mandatory 50-foot buffer on the side of all public waterways. Right. But except for around lakes, if you could land a boat, you don't need a buffer there. If you could land a boat? If you could land a boat. That's how these... Well, who, who's that's how flying the beach, a boat? What do you mean if you can land a boat? If you if you can if take a, a boat from your property and put it in the water, you can you can unload your boat. That's how the beaches got away without having put buffers. And that's how... That's convenient. Yeah. That's how, mm-hmm. that's how the big lakes got away from having to put these buffers around a lot of their areas. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of those kind of things kind of slipped in there, too. That's all politics. Yeah, exactly. But so that's where in Minnesota, uh, where things got kind of hairy between 
I'd say between the egg guys and the conservation guys for a while. Very. And it uh, it led to a lot of drunken uh, bar uh, wrestling, bar yeah. wrestling or campfire wrestling. There, anytime it got brought up for a few years there, it which, just became the new thing to wrestle over. Right, which yeah, is all, in, which really was changed. all in good fun. But if you if you felt like wrestling, you just brought it up to your conservation <laughs> buddy, and, and you'd start wrestling. And then one of those times, he loses his Crocs. Sometimes it is really amazing that we can even look at each other the next morning after drinking I don't, I don't more know. than 10 beers. Yeah, I don't know if in we've one ever, night, in no. one night, no. Yeah. I don't know if we've ever really hated each other <laughs> while we're wrestling. It's never really been a, a, no. a malicious thing. Well, except for the time you lost your Crocs. I think you were pretty mad that time. Well, was that the same night your brother held me underwater in the kiddie pool? I think pool? that was a different night. No. In the kiddie pool? Well, Matt went, quit wrestling, so Joey just drug him over to the kiddie pool and held his head underwater until he tapped out. So he's a big dude. And for size reference, Joey Joey has about 75 pounds on me. Well, yeah, but you also have a little bit of a little guy syndrome. Well, you always want to wrestle. Once in a while, you got to drown the little guy in the kiddie (laughs) pool. (laughs) (laughs) Put him in their place. (laughs) You know, if you'd have just started drinking, eventually you had nothing to hold you under. Oh, that reminds me of Ryan this weekend on the damn floaty. On the, oh yeah, what? We were in the camper and we heard it, right? No, we were pulling them and they were like, hold on, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hang on, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That memory's a little foggy to me, but I do remember that. <laughs> that the, the time he lost his Crocs. Oh, his... Hold on, hold on. I'm a fan of Crocs, Matt. What color were they? Uh, they were uh, uh, duck camel, not black. Like my, that. my new ones are camel. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, yeah, what's, we saw what's, them, a, what's uh, the popular camel? The, the cattails. Yeah, camel. yeah, the cattail one. Yeah. yeah. Real tree. Real tree. Yeah. I We were sitting around. We were at your place. <laughs> and uh, just for the record, I've heard every single Randy story at least half a dozen times. Uh, you don't know. There might be a new yeah, one. Yeah, but the here. podcast heard, likes Randy <laughs> stories. Everyone. Everyone. Go ahead, though. Anyways, so he, I don't remember what. I lipped off to him something. So he takes his crock off and he chucks it at me. Casey. Our buddy's sitting next to me, and it smacks Casey right in the face. He didn't even see it coming. It was a mess. <laughs> so Casey's like, what the hell? So he picks up his crock and just sails it out into his prairie. Just wings it out. Casey did? A Casey camouflage did. Okay. Yep. So Matt's like, oh, my crock. So he takes off his other crock and whips it at me, and, and then that one hit me. So I take that one, and I whip it out into the prairie. Yep. So then he sends his dog, who's this great, massive hunter center tracker whatever <laughs> animal and he's like kelly fetch it up and she takes off running like she's she's on it she hits the tall grass slams on the brakes and turns around and looks at me like she I doesn't like the tall there. prairie grass she was not having it that night. she was not grasses are too much <laughs> too not, at, not at two in the morning no <laughs> so, find your own crock you drunken idiot that's pretty much Slyn what we her eyes up, were telling me yeah Slyn, we end up wrestling for a while over that and and uh, i don't remember how i ended up the other night but i do remember matt walking to the house with his shirt in his hand ripped in half, no Crocs, <laughs> barefoot, walking to the house in his shorts. And then four days later, you're out there looking for your Crocs, can't find them, can't find them. I, I bet probably the next weekend or maybe two weekends later, we're there again and Casey's there and Matt's like, oh, I can't find my Crocs, you guys. So Casey goes, why threw yours right here? And he walks out there, like over the hill, through the prairie, and he bends over and picks up his Croc. Casey right did? where it was. Like no kidding. And he's like, well, this is the one I threw. I'm like, the hell did you do that? So then Matt's like, well, go get my other one. So I'm like, well, okay. I threw it right over here. We looked for that <laughs> thing for hours. It. 
Never, never found, found it? it. We burned that prairie. We even burned twice it. afterwards over the next couple of years. And no you, you didn't think crocs were waterproof, it. right? No, no. Right. we were looking for small. We were we were looking scrubber. for black smoke. All right, we, sure. if the black smoke gets the rubber, <laughs> then shoes. we know it's the croc. <laughs> then we got to get over there and put it out quick, yeah. so I have my other croc. <laughs> so I bought you a pair of crocs. You did. I think you gave them to me for Christmas or yep. something. Yeah, which I still have. Yep, that was nice. It's like the time Tina shot your lawnmower. Heck of a twice. Twice, yeah. <laughs> Got you a new hood. <laughs> yep, sure did. Matt, what was your opinion on the buffer deal? Uh, I think it was maybe intended for the right reasons. Um, you know, the execution could have been dialed in a little bit more, I think. But, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, PF is a, a habitat organization. Um, we were gonna, we had the opportunity to add a little habitat with the bu- buffer initiative, and that's how we got tied to it. Um, you know, it was going to add, I think it got dialed down to 16 and a half feet, one rod, uh, worth of grasses or something um, that you guys could, no, it could was, hay or, or it was different. So if it was, uh, if it was a County ditch, there was different, if it was a County ditch, it was 50 or 16 and a half. I don't remember which, but if it was one ditch, it was, it was one spacing, which is the rod. And if it was another type, then, it, then it stayed the 50. Yeah. I think it was public waterways versus none. Yeah, versus not which, so non-publics are still sixteen and a half, which yeah. I think some of that got, but a got lot of all that, muddled, muddied up between so they, the state and the counties as well. A yeah. lot of that got removed too, and I think Dayton finally understood um, some of the perspective of guys that were losing significant acres. I think that Matt, was a big thing. I don't, I don't think Dayton really ever understood much. Oh come on, <laughs> he understood a little bit. I'll just that's all. Do you think anybody misses Dayton now compared to who we have now, Mr. Walls? Yeah, let's not get uh, into that. Yeah. I yeah, one and the same. Yeah. I guess. That's my thought. I don't know. That's that's one of those ones where like the, the two are on a boat together and it goes down and they're both gone. Or how does that work? <laughs> I how don't know where you're going to that. <laughs> I don't either. How does that? Damn it! Um, I'm gonna Google it. I'm gonna hold on. I'll re- I'll recover this Let's later. Let's see. There was, you guys have serious was a, talk. I'll look for a joke on the internet. There was a there was this boat. <laughs> this one guy with two bumbling idiots. This on one it. guy rode up to this other guy, and then this other guy got on the boat, and that that's as much as I know. <laughs> that was a I fucking never good one. That. I've never heard that Randy story. I yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a joke about the Clintons and Obama and them on a boat, and the thing goes down. Who survives? America. Oh. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> there is a flag behind uh, your head. It's right? just a yes. joke for for some. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> for some some people out there are going to be burned by that. <laughs> Pull your skirt up. It's a joke. Not so that many. I want to get. Um, I want to get on to the fish milking thing. How do you milk a fish? I've never milked a fish. You don't milk them? No. What did you call it? You fish, squeezed them. Fish squeezing. Squeezing. Yeah. Like that's like what, you would if you milked. That's what they say. Yeah. I have no experience in that realm. I'm I'm a wildlife guy, not a not a No, you did it. Guy. Well, For one summer. I think what you're referring to is my summers between college. Okay. <laughs> Either way, we all had a yeah. wild college story we or two. All, we all right. had a couple yeah. of those. Mine summers. didn't yeah. involve fish, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yours Matts were different. Cows, you were probably. just disseminating <laughs> turkeys. Oh, turkeys, yeah. turkeys and cows, pressurizing yeah. turkeys. Yes. But no, I want to hear this fishing thing. Uh, my summers between uh, colleges, I was fortunate enough to to land a, 
a summer job with the Department of Natural Resources, but in their fisheries realm. So I was one of the lucky kids at the time who got to ride around on uh, big Lake Mille Lacs in, you know, north central Minnesota, which is, you know, known worldwide for the quality of its walleye fishery. And it's huge. Mille Lacs is freaking How many acres is Mille Lacs? 13 miles east and west and like 16 or 17 north and south, something like that. That's it? No way. It's big. I thought I honestly thought it was way bigger. Like Walker Bay is way bigger than Minnewaska, isn't it? Walker Just the bay. You're Walk talking bay. about. Um, oh, I'm on the wrong lake. You're on the long wrong lake. You're, you're on, on the wrong lake. You're on uh, Leech. Leech. You're on Leech or Lake oh, or Walker. Yeah, shoot. Yeah, shoot. Aiken, not Akeley. Leech is oh, bigger yeah, 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 yeah. than <laughs> Malax. I think right? it is acres wise, but yeah, yeah. Um, but I got to, you know, fisheries guys get sometimes the terms of fish squeezers and uh, uh i did not squeeze any fish uh i caught fish pretty much all summer and we were trying to estimate the number of walleyes in lake Malax by catching fish putting a little individual tag or id number in the into them and then letting them go if they were able to live uh, so if they were able to live you know not gut hooked or bleeding or you know somebody didn't drop them on the boat things like that so you weren't spawning them I was not spawning them. That that was uh, that was while college was still in session. So was Randy <laughs> was Randy telling a lie here? You weren't I actually. Don't, I don't know. I thought I thought there was this during this process. I, I never that, squeezed them. You never squeezed. So no. that was just your other buddy that did the squeezing. Probably. Is he being timid because the mics are hot? Uh, I'm not sure. You'd know. Aaron? I, I would admit squeezing a fish if it happened. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't so, so you've got <laughs> hold on hold on i gotta write this down we got the title of the show squeezing a fish i would admit squeezing a fish i'm gonna need a new pen so oh, i maybe if got, it happened i maybe got that from because your buddy that you did that with happened is currently a fish squeezer one of one of my uh Yes, correct. Yes. Correct. <laughs> okay, so we're, we'll meet him, or you won't be there, but we'll be with these guys Fourth of July at his parents' place, and they and his buddy has a cabin on the other side who he went to college with. Is this Cotton the guy fish. that drives the white panel van? <laughs> yes, he's not the seafood uh, <laughs> no, meat not, salesman. No, not that I'm not that I'm aware of. <laughs> Does this guy admit to being a fish squeezer? <laughs> You'd have to ask him. <laughs> oh. What? Oh. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> he has watched him so do it. So what are they Did squeezing the pick out that up? of the fish? Semen or eggs? I have no idea. Nobody what are they knows. squeezing out of the fish? Eggs, I believe. Because fish have semen, right? I, I don't fish, actually. Fish lay I would eggs assume. and then yes, the do. male fish comes and sprays the semen on the eggs, correct? They're squeezing eggs out of walleyes to take to the walleye hatcheries, Hatchery. which in Minnesota we have a very robust walleye stocking program. So yes. They actually squeeze will. eggs out and take the eggs? As Why did they do that? Understand. Instead of letting that. them lay the eggs. People want to catch fish. To give them a more climate. It's it's just like when Greg takes the baby calves to the nursery to give them a more safe perfect environment for the, so the eggs hatch versus leaving them in the wild and then they get eaten by predators or okay so you can maybe answer this then so mm, last queso. weekend we were mm. we were <laughs> we were camping and There's off of caveat. our dock was 20 sunfish you could see them in the water swimming in a little circle and making this like bowl thing and they would not leave that circle they just sat there and swam in a circle i would assume they're protecting eggs 
you're more, more than likely correct. Sunfish will spawn or, or nest in those shallow waters and make a little depression or a bowl. They just sat there and circled them, and then the kids mm-hmm. could make their own fishing pole out of a stick and drop the hook down in front of them, and they would bite. They'd pull up the sunny. They're pretty aggressive, yeah. Yeah. One so, of them bit my nipple once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A sunfish? A sunfish Did bit it leave my a nipple. mark? Yeah, bled a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I watched it. I was like, "Hey, a sunfish!" Wham! Right onto the old left nipple. That's why. Is that at every t- No, that was at Scandy way back when. Like, every time school. I've seen him in the water, he's got his arms behind his back and he's like doing this weird chest <laughs> thingy in the water. Well, that's he's why I pierced him and I have lures hanging. Strolling, strolling for sunfish. Strolling for sunfish. Well, I'm like, I'm way past that, guys. I'm going for the muskies. Oh, I've never seen him, but maybe your nipples are a bit longer than than usual. Yeah, th- I mean. I tape them. Well, it's Minnesota <laughs> waters, it's cold. <laughs> you got to tape the lures back through the week, you know. So how long do they do this for? And I do don't. they ever not? Uh, spring, I think. It is, is it the that official start right. of summer now? Yeah, it's yeah, summer now. Summer now. They're, they're probably winding down. But they'll, they'll do that for a month? Just I sit in one little area and circle? Yeah. I'm sure they leave for dinner and come home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's where they're like, hey, spawn. this kid's dropping me some food. I'm mm-hmm. going to grab it. It's based a lot on uh, water temperature, I believe. Oh, and, um, okay. Daylight. So, so are they're protecting the the eggs. Yep. From predators, not from sand or seaweed, or everything yeah, above. Probably all a little bit of both. I don't know. Probably I'm, protecting I'm not it a from fish the squeezer, Randy. This is when we need. This is when we need. I, you know how on Joel Rogan's podcast, he's got like the guy that sits in the back on the computer and is like fact checking. Yeah. We need one of those people. You need a fact check. You need an intern. You got the laptop. Yeah. An intern. I, yeah, you got the laptop. I could, but go on now. <laughs> I think I can do that. Many so, things. did I walk through those sunfishes' eggs when I was hammered you, a couple days ago? Just well, when you when you came back to get the cooler destroyer. and just like w- w- waddling <laughs> well, that's through the sunfish thought, with you, lures you hanging cruised, from my nipples, you cruised up with your boat and you chucked two anchors out and then you jumped out of the boat and walked through the whole area. I was like, well, I wonder if you landed any sunfish or I, if, they, if they move quick enough. Sorry about if any of those fish are listening. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> there's two or three. I bet. <laughs> Is there even any fish in that lake other than sunfish? They caught a northern. Um, they did caught, off the dock. No, no. Kent out in the boat, and oh. then uh, well, Kent said there they was caught big a crappie off the in that lake. dock. Also, it's oh yeah, a pretty, a nice, really crappie. nice crappie. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yep. I'd assume yeah. it was there is walleyes there too. Uh, that we didn't catch it this weekend, but there's walleye out there in that lake. Which it's, I don't know, pretty much all Minnesota lakes have walleyes. A lot of them do. I yeah. know the uh, water in that lake tastes terrible. I put a bunch of it up my nose on Sunday morning trying to water ski. <laughs> what? No, this is on. This is last week at Oh, Rachel. yeah. You're a yeah. week ahead of me. Yeah. Uh, oh, you're yeah. at Joey and Michelle's lake. Yep. I don't think there's fish in that lake. No, that's what I was wondering. Just crappies. Well, there's got to be. F- we, were, we were wrestling by the campfire at. Three in the morning, I don't something rec- like that. I couldn't and say then, the word. I couldn't say the safe word, so I don't, I don't remember what, <laughs> what time it was. And then, Bring and then, <laughs> and then at nine in the morning, he's trying to get up on one ski because there wasn't a second one there. And uh, Matt was trying. Yeah. yeah. Have oh, you yeah, gotten up on one ski now. before? No. I can get up on two, like you wouldn't believe, but one is a whole different that thing. Was though. a little bit different. And then he looked really green for the next four hours while he sat on the beach with his head and his knees. Stick around much longer after that, I don't think. I think Matt's tummy hurt. Yeah, didn't feel good. I think. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't. By the time I came, he was gone. I think. You never came on Sunday. I don't know what happened. 
It all runs together for yep, me. Definitely I hate is. camping. <laughs> We're aware. Uh, Matt came with numbers, pheasant numbers. Do you I have any interesting ones? Uh, pheasant numbers? He brought his own. Well, what do you I, want to know? I, tell me something interesting. What are in your notes? Randy then? wanted him to bring numbers, yeah. so he brought notes. So, okay, oh. I want... Um, so the you talked about the local money earlier. So local money raised for the chapters. Mm-hmm. How much of that is spent to... Um, to get more land. Buy land. Extra. New land. It seems like they're acquiring uh, land at a fat, much faster rate well, than they used Well, because that's to. what I want to get to, because I think that's a lot of that's grant money, the acquiring land, I would assume. Is that from the clean water? That's the clean water deal act. that passed. So yeah. we were, you guys are talking about right now is specific to Minnesota. So there's two oh. di- there's two different ways to approach it as an organization or you know, specific Oh, I suppose, yeah, because I always think of just Minnesota. Yeah, so the Clean Water Act is Minnesota. Which Randy and Matt are going to know more about that than me, but that was the extra eighth percent. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's an eighth percent extra on sales tax, right? And then it goes into this fund. What's well, when we went from six and a half percent sales tax to six point eight five? So the extra point two five percent or point oh two five point, right? No. Six point. Yeah, it'd just be a quarter. No, it's over a quarter. Six I point. We're eight seven five, right? Yeah. So it's three A's. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Three A's of a percent then. Whew. Now we need a break. Wow. That was yeah. a lot of math. Man. And that money's your calculators away. And that money's allocated at I'll get some of this wrong, but it's it's uh uh parks and parks art, and trails. Parks and trails. You maybe know all of it. Cultural heritage. Which is Which would what, be what Native American heritage? stuff. Uh pretty much arts <laughs> and cultural heritage. So um What's that place in the Twin Cities that has the big uh, cherry on the spoon? Oh, the Natural uh, Arts Museum? Yeah, things like that. Um, that's a pretty small subset of it as far as I understand. But then there's the Outdoor Heritage Fund and the Clean Water Fund and then Arts and Parks and Trails. So there's kind of four subsets to it. And uh, what you're referring to is the, the Legacy Amendment there that you was go. passed in 2008 here in Minnesota. and. Basically, Minnesotans decided to tax ourselves um, to benefit natural resources and trails and arts and clean water and yep. all well, of the above. The the metro of Minnesota decided to tax everybody. Well, the, the voters <laughs> did, Randy. The as, voters. As usual, yeah. <laughs> the voters. <laughs> Where the majority are come from, yeah. Uh, to answer your question about chapters, um, that's really hard to determine. I mean, uh, we've got 72 chapters in Minnesota. Um well, 73, and two of those are Quail Forever chapters, so the other 71 are, are Pheasants Forever chapters, and there's really no difference in that. But they get to determine how to spend that dollar. But at the state level, um, at the organization level, we've become um, pretty lucky in, in utilizing some of those state grant dollars every year to do things like you know purchase land and, and turn it over to the public. Um, we've done things to enhance and restore some of the public lands that we already have and then we're also doing a lot of private land habitat work as well and all that is kind of wrapped together uh, okay into one big piece of the puzzle so, so that was going to be my next question <clears throat> is because uh, you so you purchase the land and then you clean it up or do whatever you want you, you either fix it make it prairie tear down the trees plant trees whatever you're going to do and we'll then, restore it to benefit wildlife. And, okay, and, and then you donate it to either the Fish and Wildlife or 
or the uh, Minnesota DNR. DNR. So either state or federal. Oh, mm-hmm. so the pheasants forever don't keep the land. They just fix it up and then they... We, they as an organization, have a very limited ability to hold on to the, that land long term. Oh, because you have to pay taxes on it then. We, have, we pay taxes on it. Uh, it costs money to own land. Right. Um, you know, and if you're talking about holding on to a piece of property for... 20, 40, 100 years right. um, as a nonprofit, you know, we have to figure out a way to pay for that in the long term. And right now that's somewhat difficult for us to do. So um, the majority of the stuff that we do here in Minnesota, and as far as fee title or, or buying a piece of property is from the beginning with the intention that that gets turned over into public ownership. Um, the majority of the time being the Fish and Wildlife Service or the Minnesota DNR. So. What determines which one of those whether it's fish and wildlife or DNR, we'll end up with that land. Uh, habitat type um, or the potential for what it could be. So if it's, you know, a lot of wetland restorations, a lot of upland habitat, um, and what is next door to it. So if there's a piece of property that the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service already owns right across the street, probably makes most sense for them to, you know, take this new tract on. Um if it's a track that has more oaks and trees, thank you, Randy. Well done. Yeah, he well did done, that Randy. to me. He did that to me he the was last three hours that. I was awake last weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every time I just true. about finish a beer, he cracks another one and sets it in front of me like, ah, that's a good I friend. I suppose. It's not too bad about that. Right? <laughs> um, but a lot of things, uh, just the habitat type, what's across the road, you know, who has the, the best long-term interest in mind. And all of those things are, you know, driven by partnerships and it takes a lot of people and, and entities to get any given project done. So you guys, you sell them the land? Nope. We'll, we'll acquire it yep. through the use of those grant funds in the majority of the cases, and then we essentially donate it or give it, give ah, it to the state or, or okay. the federal government. For everyone to use, and whether they hunt or not is up to them. And um, Right. You don't have to be a hunter to go out and use <clears throat> right, those properties. Right, you can go. I, I, that's where I hunt for all my mushrooms, so... Mm-hmm. So we brought up the legacy fund money. I don't know if we were clear enough about that. That's some of that, that legacy fund money, that three-eighths of a percent of extra tax. A lot of that, or some of that, ends up being grant money that goes to organizations like PF, correct? Sure. So organizations will apply for that money pretty much every summer to the state legislation, and um, we'll deliver proposals. And Becky, we're going to need more than that. Yeah. You know, what do we hope never to grab one beer. And uh, the state and that council, there's a council of, of men and women who decide how that those dollars are allocated every year, and they decide who gets what money and what appropriations they receive. And We know, also, so uh, so any, what's the tax ID thing called? 10401360. What's yeah, that number? About right. Yeah, whatever that Elemental number is that you're tax exempt. So any entity that has that can... It's all grant-based, 100% grant-based, all that money. So if you get someone that can write you a good grant, you're going to get some of that money. So we get it through SWCD and through uh, uh, watershed districts. We'll, we'll write grants for that money. And then we've used some of that for some of the uh, erosion control projects that we've done as part of the clean water side of it. So y- y- who's writing a grant? So you say you've gotten... So either a watershed or an SWCD, we've gotten oh. it from both both parties. And you, so some are better than others. So we have one county that doesn't hardly get any of it. They don't, they just don't go after it, and they have a definite need for it. But they just the the people that's on their board, they just don't go after it. So then we deal with another county who goes after it quite a bit, 
right. and gets a lot of it and spends a lot of it, and it shows. You look around their county at the projects they're doing, and, and it shows it's a lot of money. Yeah, grant writing is a super interesting, weird thing because you, I, I mean, to write for a grant, you have to know what the hell you're doing because it requires so much specific, weird information. I would assume Pheasants Forever has a full-time grant writer, or how does that work? We've got uh, a couple people on staff, yeah, helping implement that. Okay. Um, the the dedicated funding stuff is a, a little bit unique. You basically go and, and propose what you're going to do with the funding that you're asking for. Right. Uh, but there's definitely lots of other grants and, and different you know, spurs of that process being, being completed every day in terms of grant writing. You mentioned that you do some private land work. Yep. Explain that. Like, you, are you going to come out to one of my fields or my sloughs or what do, what do you mean by that? Put your mic up higher first, though. There you go. I think he's... He, she shimmies a little share a lot. Oh, shimmy. Um, what did you ask me? Private land? Yeah. Uh, so Randy kind of talked about the, I don't know, the perception of headbutting, you know, between Pheasants Forever and in the ag community at one time and... And it was totally you know, a Minnesota thing. I cut you off there, but because I think we we were talking something in Nebraska with uh, Ben from Farm Focus. Remember how we, we were talking something about it? Yeah. And, and he, he, had he no couldn't idea. believe that the egg community is bucking heads with the pheasants forever. Like, right. it's the complete opposite down there. It's the egg community running the pheasants forever. Yeah. Well, I, <clears throat> I think that's neat to hear because I, I would say that that perception has really gone, you know, downhill and, and kind of been destroyed you know a lot over the, the last few years i mean well, i think so too do you I think, think yeah. it has a lot to do with the messenger and having a, a a democratic governor and just the the like the the way that the message is carried kind of drives the thing between well yeah the there's two. always there's always a way to implement things and when you just come out and say you're going to take your land right and deal with it stop whining and deal with it i believe his exact but, words were yeah it gets a lot of people fired up but Minnesota also has to have a pretty, un- not, I don't know, unique, what do you call it, layout as far as habitat and, like, farming versus, like, Nebraska. Like, what what could Nebraska have for hunting land? Like, well, they got all the, the river water. bottom and the, um, yes. I would assume there'd be a lot of that type of land. I think JP goes to Nebraska for pheasant hunting a lot. Oh, does he? Yeah. A lot and a lot of open grassland. Yeah, a lot of prairie hmm. land. Grazing, a lot of cattle operations and pasture and just open open grasslands so does pasture like cattle pasture does that serve as good habitat for pheasants well when you think about it um, compared to some other things sure Um, well and i think some a lot of nebraska's cattle pasture land you get into western nebraska where it's drier you get past the dry line their their pasture land isn't like what you think of a pasture here right it's right, not short I mean, green grass that's all eaten down to one inch tall. Right. It's it's right. big grass. pastures, yeah, yeah, big acres. Yeah. Like South Dakota. Yeah, yeah. right, yeah. right. Um, I kind of forgot what we were we were we were trying to talk about uh, like private land work. Oh sure. Um, so what I was getting at is, you know, we're doing quite a bit here at least in Minnesota and across the country to you know promote public lands and and places that people everywhere can use or enjoy but you know dial that down a a step further and here in minnesota we've got a network of what we call farm bill biologists so these are are men and women who are working in um, any particular county helping 
landowners and producers, you know, tie com voluntary conservation to their farms. And so I don't know how your experience with CRP ever went or has been, but it can be somewhat daunting. I mean, there's a lot of, um, you know, what, did I, what do I qualify for? What are my payments going to be? What programs? You know, there's eight different versions and 10 different, you know, nomenclatures. And, you know, what do you do? And these folks are there to help landowners do that on private ground. And so we've got a network of those folks uh, throughout the state of Minnesota and the country that um, are working with producers to, you know, affect the bottom line and, and help farmers be more profitable and, and help tie conservation back into that, which is pretty neat. Um, you so know. then you'll work with them to see where PF can maybe come in to help to do some of the projects on that land to benefit the CRP more for the wildlife is what you're saying? The end result for Pheasants Forever is, is conservation, right? right? And the end result for the producer is to help their bottom line. And, you know, there's an opportunity where conservation or, you know, I don't know, we've been an advocate of, you know, farming the best and conserving the rest of it since day one. And uh, I think you've seen that on your farm. I've seen it out in Clinton. And uh, there's probably an area on almost every farm that has marginal acres that are not making money no matter what the inputs are. And if you can tie a dollar amount back to those acres through conservation or through small grains or through, you know, something other than row crops where you're losing money, you know, why wouldn't you? And so we have folks in place to help producers make some of those decisions or at least give them the input on, on how that could be applied on their private land, which I think is pretty darn neat. You want to mention that program? The Farm Bill Biologist Program? No, well, we no, I guess what I was thinking was like what BJ works our on. Our Precision Ag Conservation Specialists. So we've got a program here in, in Minnesota, Iowa, uh, North Dakota. We're hoping to add it to South Dakota very, very soon uh, and a couple other states across the country where it's a free service for landowners to talk to one of our precision ag specialists. And basically we are looking at the literal dollars and cents on any given farm. And um, there's a million different platforms that you guys use to make you know, financial decisions and yield monitoring and inputs and all that. Um, these men and women will, will work with you or work with that producer and say, these acres on your farm, no matter what, are in the red every year. Here's some opportunities for you to change the overall productivity of that field into the green. And if it's cons conservation, that's great. If it's not, we're still going to help you and, and try to figure out a, a solution that's good uh, to make producers more money. And so that's do you, been, do you hand him a uh, master pipe layer business card? Yes. I don't have any. Yet. <laughs> he can help you fix this spot in the I field. He's got a shirt. <laughs> Actually, he is the one that, that, that drew the master pipe layer logo. Matt did. Believe we were, that. we were sitting, I haven't got a royalty place. check yet. Wait a second. You got, second. A, you got two shirts. Yep. We were sitting around his place. My wife took the sweatshirt already. Yeah. I see that. We were sitting around his place drinking beer one night, and uh, I'd mentioned, Zach had mentioned we, sh you know, maybe have some, have a shirt or have a logo. Let's see what we can make. And Matt, he's kind of a doodler, an artist, or not artist, but a doodler. I thought anyways. I was a he's fish a squeezer. Yeah, no, fish I'm a doodler. doodler. He's, a doodler. Uh, he's also a brain scalper. We're going to get to that. But uh, A what? A brain scalper. Okay. Yep. So he gets out his pen, and he starts just drawing, like MPL. He drew four or five different things. I got the piece of paper at home, all the different designs, and kind of come up with pretty close to this one. And I gave it to Ben, and he threw some different colors at it and tweaked it a little bit here and there. And so, yeah, he's the one that came up with the design. Wow. 
What a creative little fish squeezer yes. you are. What can I but say? But before, <laughs> before we get too far away from that, does Tanner still work? Doodler. <laughs> does Tanner still work with the uh, farm, what did you call that? Farm something? Precision Ag? Yes. Tanner Bruce? Yes. Fun Tanner in Omaha. Oh, yeah. I, I named the wrong guy when yep. I brought that up. Yeah. Uh, no, BJ. BJ is our guy here in Minnesota. Uh, BJ work. Oh, yeah. He's, 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 our, the guy, he's our local guy. He's the guy oh, who's okay. talking to, to producers. But Tanner's but. the guy that we ran into in uh, in Omaha, Nebraska. And Never trust a man with two first names. No. Because <laughs> I yeah. did have a headache the next day, and I'm pretty sure Definitely. it was Bruce Tanner's fault. Yes. It wasn't from the Rockies, though. It was from the bush. No. Yeah. It was he's from a bush light drinker. <laughs> many different things. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, since we brought Brain Scalper. You did. Yes, but I now did. we're Since curious. I brought up Rain yeah, Scalper. Where are we yeah. going? So Matt also has these. Oh yeah, they're just painting these a m- picture of me of, of many facets here. And you I are, know, yeah. Fish that. squeezer, brain scalper. I'm pretty reserved. Um, logo designer, logo designer, graphic and designer, pheasant killer. <laughs> <laughs> he, pheasant uh, killer. So he's got he's got these beetles, um, uh, oh, flesh eating yeah. beetles. So we've got. Uh, go ahead and plug yourself. What do you he call keeps that them thing? in a panel van. They are not in the meat and seafood van. They are not in there. <laughs> well, unless you don't have any skulls, then you buy some meat and seafood from a van to throw in there to I've feed them. I've still never seen the beetles. You I don't want them. They smell so bad. I do want to see them. Well, just one time. So they're flesh-eating beetles, so he does uh, European mounts. So people bring them. But before you do that, you don't just you don't just throw the whole head in there. So he skins it, plucks the eyeballs out, blows the brains out. What do you blow them out with? An air compressor? As yeah, mouth. you got it. Big breath. <gasps> Not my mouth. <laughs> so are you doing European mounts before they became shabby chic? Before they came what? Shabby chic. Like before Joanna Gaines started to like mount I like his genuine European response. In before women's they came living what? rooms all over this country. Shanna chic? Shabby chic. <laughs> He's not trying to be cool. He has no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, well, I, I've been doing it for a few years. <laughs> yeah, they he, smell. What, What? 10 years? Uh, nah, I don't look quite that long. Before they were cool. Before they were shabby chic. How long yeah. did you live in the old house before you s- started them? So you were ahead of the trend. Uh, when did I? Uh, We've known each other since Because you bought that in 09, right? 08. Yeah. 08? I probably started doing domestic beetles in 2010, 11, somewhere yeah. around there. And you mail ordered these things, or how do you like? You went out and picked them out of the, like Google. where do you, you just, they Google. came. They came right to the Kensington night, Post like, Office. I they need called flesh me. eating beetles. Yeah. Like, like how? I just, that's just damn it, thing. Matt! There's flies flying around your package again. <laughs> um, uh, mine came from fly? California. <laughs> They get too hot, they will fly and freak out. They're kind of temperamental. You got to keep them the r- correct yeah, temp. It's not keep, cool. I won't go in there. Keep them dialed in. It smells yeah. so bad. How oh. like so? How many skulls do you have these things eating on at one time? So I how have... do you get the skull in and out without setting them all free? <laughs> I have so many questions. <laughs> you shake them. And you spray them with water. You shake the thing they're in. Is it like then they all start fighting. I so you quick. You like, I have no like idea. You should stop them? listening to me. Cause I won't touch him. Randy has not come near the Beatles. Since he used I've known to keep. Him. He Just had one, a fridge. One time I showed him. He had a fridge in his old where he used to live in the shed. Yep. It was a fridge just a like beer the fridge. beer fridge here College in the podcast room. Exact yeah. same fridge that he kept the beer in. Okay. That fridge breathed the same air that those Beatles were producing. 
and you, it would, oh, it God, just smelled. You just full. No, of shit. it isn't. So when you would drink a beer, you could smell You'd it on smell the can. You'd smell the rotting flesh on the the can because it was just full of it. I called them beetle beers. He's lying. You remember I mean, we drank them when we were dead. No, Water not at all. And I bleached out the cooler before we went, and then all day the beer can smelt like bleach. Yes, yeah, yeah that beetle, is a definite. It's realization. the same but thing. I rinsed that thing out like ten million times. Like there was no bleach left on those cans. Why did they taste and smell? I only like drink. Bleach? They I only definitely drank, did. I only drank the beer out of that fridge like three times, and they were real desperate times. moments. Maybe what? the beetle beer is what made you want to wrestle. So do the, the do Maybe. the beetles reproduce? Like, do you keep getting more and more beetles every year? Yes, they do. So I've I keep them in non-working chest freezers. You guys know the ones you find on the side of the road or yep. somebody's throwing away. So I have three of those, and in within each chest freezer is thousands and thousands of. But they must beetles. be in flesh-eating. What beetles. are they inside? Inside of these fridges? Uh, shredded paper and styrofoam. And they just stay on that, so you can open the door, and they could fly out. If the, if it gets above eighty degrees within that confined beetle tank, and they freak so out, how and they'll do start you, to fly. How do you maintain the temperature? This is an odd hobby. How do you get them out of your ear if they get in your ear? They'll eat their way through yes. the other side. You'll you'll know yeah. when you have one in your ear. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think he was worried about not knowing. In, in no freezer. So what about when it gets too hot? Well. I did boil a batch once. That was not good. They they died. And then I assume but you I, have to... I taped over the thermostat on the heater, and it kept running. So he's got heaters oh. and fans to keep them climate controlled. Or... Fans. So I assume you gotta like clean the stuff out every. Like, how do you dispose of the fecal matter? They just eat their own fecal matter. Does it just turn into uh, dirt? It's a little beetle. It's tiny. It's. Sells it to the neighbor, oh, puts in his manure spreader. It's the smaller than this pen. Cap. It's the size that would climb in your ear really so, easily without you knowing right away. Eat, if they're eating the brains, or not brains, it sounds like, because you blow those out, but if they're eating the muscle, where does the there's waste a, There's go? a layer in the bottom of each tank. I don't know. It's a couple inches thick, but I have, so this is I've where yet the to clean out the tank. So you're confining these poor animals to a tiny space where they walk around in their own feces all day long, and that's the you life they live? You should free-range beetles. Yeah, these should be free-range beetles, Matt. Long live the beetles. <laughs> <laughs> that's it? That's your response? You don't feel sorry? Right, How do you so sleep walk at us, night? You walk us feel through, sorry for about beetles? Walk us through this process. <laughs> So I call you uh, up. Like, Randy brings R- Randy shoots a deer, which like, hey, will Matt, never happened. I shot this monster buck. Yep. It's got he'll, seven uh, points on it. On bring, one side. On one it, side. He'll bring it over to my house. He'll uh, drop it off at my shed. He'll have a couple cores and tell me the story in detail. Um, <laughs> and uh, I will take the deer. I will cut the hair off of it. I'll get the eyes out of it. I'll get the brain out of it. I'll freeze it. How do, you, how do you get the eyes, the brain? How do you do all that? Sharp knife. Just just scalpel and it. An air just like I said. Sharp knife it. and an air compressor. Yep. And just blow them all over. And, yeah, that's, that's so why don't the beetles like to eat the brains and the eyes? They will. They would love to do all that. It just takes them too long. But it, it takes about... Oh, you know, efficiency. Yeah. We got we to gotta keep the clients happy. You know, We got to mm-hmm. move through them. Um, so what does this thing look like when you're done? People, I don't think... Pe- not everyone's going to know what a European mount is. It looks like a deer head with the skull still attached with the antlers on top of it, just down to bare bone. So the beetles are when just... When Joanna Gaines decorates living rooms with deer heads, 
that's what it looks like. Could you look up Joanna Gaines on your iPad? Yeah. There <laughs> who is she? I don't she's know. an interior designer, and she's just... But you did learn an important step not to use cheap soap, correct? Right. So once the Beatles do their thing, and they eat all of the meat and tissue and brains and whatever I missed off of that head, I'll take it out of the beetle tank. And then... You know, bone is a little bit greasy. It's got fat and stuff in there, and it's beetle yellowy poop. and beetle poop. And you know, I want to give people a nice, clean, finished product. So I will soak them in Dawn dish soap. Dawn dish soap does a really good job of pulling out all the fat and oil and grease. But if you go to Walmart.com and order the Walmart version of Dawn dish soap, which is about a quarter of the price. <laughs> Instead of pulling out all the grease and fat and stuff you missed, it just turns the entire skull blue. Oh, no. It, it does not power wash out. So, so now you have to call Frank and tell him that he has to go back to the freaking Black Hills and shoot another yeah. moose. Or... Sorry, Frank. I screwed up your skull. Or just blue. spray paint it white. And... Yeah, it's been, it's been done. <laughs> Could you do a skull mount on a pheasant? I have. You yes. have? I have. have you have it in your house? I have them at home. Yeah. He has like a dozen of them sitting on his <laughs> gun rack. That's awesome. Uh, the coolest thing I've ever beetled has been a paddlefish. I was just going to ask paddlefish. about a fish because then you can see all the, bo- like, yeah. Before or after you squeezed it? Well, <laughs> they were dropped off at my house, Zach. <laughs> By a man in a panel van. Yep. <laughs> paddle van. <laughs> Seafood. Seafood. <laughs> so then if he's out of skulls or... Oh, yeah, so this is a seasonal business, I assume. Well, it usually uh, the highs and lows are with hunting season and without hunting season. So, uh, But I suppose people you know, could just throw their head in the freezer and wait. Like, if you're busy, they just, you know, keep it cold, and then they bring it It's amazing the uh, onslaught of dead heads that arrive at my door in springtime when garages start to warm back up. Yeah. <laughs> um, they had it in I there actually, all the uh, thing sitting in around, and it's I actually, stinky. Kent Kahn just said that he's got one laying around to bring to you. I heard it this yep. weekend. Yeah, that's probably true. So then, you know what he feeds him if if he doesn't have a skull to throw in them? Fun dogs. Fun dogs. Why fun dogs? They're cheap. cheap. Seems like there'd be, there's got to be something even cheaper. One time I had a, an instance where they wouldn't eat a fun dog, though. How bad is that? <laughs> that's, that's a, they weren't hungry. <laughs> that's a bad one. Yeah. He wouldn't even eat fun dogs. Yeah, we'll eat brain <laughs> brains and flesh, but that thing is gross. Right. But that's where... Why not just like a squirrel? squirrel? Yeah. Yeah. I greased a skunk the other night, but I've been no. hesitant to go cut the head off because it's real stinky. Yeah, you don't want to make those beetles smell bad. <laughs> so, I Tina. Pets, if you lose a pet, they would take care of that. Well, I suppose. <laughs> maybe maybe a cat. We might have a cat in the morning. <laughs> well. So, Tina was always the big one. Like, I'm going to go help Matt. We're going to go. We're going to go. Yeah. What are you? Pick brains, whatever you do. Nuh-uh. Tina thought she was. And she. Yeah, she's pretty. Like she would do that before me, definitely. And uh, so I had a skull I brought from a buddy of mine, and I had it in our garage. So I think I'd picked up on Thursday. We we're going over there Friday night, so I just sat in the garage because it's cold, and uh, went to work. Come back. This is Minnesota winter garage. Yeah, so the garage yeah. is you know thirty six degrees, whatever. Yep. Uh, but I forgot. I didn't tell her that it was in there. So here's this nice little I don't know, ten point buck something or other sitting by the front step with the. 
it was skin, but the eyeballs and stuff were still in it. <laughs> and she she opens the door to the garage and steps out, and here's this buck staring at her with the eyes and freaked out. I'll bet that got her attention. And then ever since then, she's like, nope, I'm not helping you. Not happening. She wouldn't even try after nope, that. Nope, she knew, would not try. That's Have you funny. ever yeah. had anybody that, that helps you? You need uh, an intern. No, I do need an intern. Mm-hmm. Well, you got a buddy of yours started with him. I have uh, started uh, a couple guys on onto the Beetle Realm. I think Onyx has got to see this. I think he'd totally It do. smells oh, so bad. Then we got to buy send him Beetles over, and an old Send freezer. him over to Zach's place to help him. It's It smells the whole shit. Matt. My name is Matt. Yes. Onyx. My name is Zach. Yeah. Onyx send Zach's kid to Matt's house. He'd become obsessed. And I'd prefer him doing that than trying to build a kiln in the backyard. And, oh, yeah. No. He, he found come, some YouTube channel. Thank God, baseball baseball season started. I yeah. just his extracurricular activities and hobbies. He was just going stir crazy. That boy needs a solid four season sports. Like he, <laughs> he he can't. We can't give him downtime, or he starts figuring out how to take the governor off the engineering, and it's well, just so overwhelming. <laughs> pretty I mean. soon, he's gonna want beetles. Yeah, he. I would like. I honestly, that to me sounds better. Something that he could actually make money off of would be. Two weeks ago, he found some. It had to be on YouTube, because I'm tucking him in or saying goodnight to him up yeah. in his room, and he's just like, uh, "Dad, tomorrow, I want to build a fire and like have an anvil that I can hammer on and make a knife." <laughs> That's right. And so- I was like. Uh, 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 no, buddy. Good night. <laughs> Thinking like, hopefully he'll just forget about it, right? You know what they're doing? They're watching Forge and Fire. Is it on For- YouTube? It's on YouTube and History Channel. I think History, one of those. Forged in Fire. Forged in Fire is I bet. That's because your kids were making. Milo swords and Ollie have been knives watching that, so now Axes. they've been making oh. wood, wood swords and knives. And Ollie had a, or yeah, Ollie had Grandpa help him make a battle axe, and he's got a shield now. And then Milo called the other day, three days ago. He's like, Dad, can I go to work with you someday and forge? <laughs> like, well, I'm like, well, wow, we, we don't really have anything to forge. And he's like, well, I think we just got to heat it up, you know, and then we could. Yeah, it's just as simple. And we as could that. hammer out a sword or a knife or something. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I, I can get a torch going and I can heat up a chunk of metal. See, just like that. He's always. You know what we got to do? Rockies, we got to bring the boys. We're there. I know there's places like it. You know, you go. They've got to have one in South Dakota for sure. It's like an old town where they've got like all these little stations. So do. So is up. what we should do. If, like you can watch the blacksmith making nails. So we should go to Rolog if they have it this year. Oh, yeah. Um, so we, we watched them. They, they hammer out horseshoes. Oh, yeah. And we make them from scratch, and they do all that stuff. It's pretty neat to but watch. But we should make them stand by the fire for, like, an hour. Be like, okay, we're going to go <laughs> get lunch. How about three minutes? You wait like, here. Oh, it's hot, Dad. <laughs> and then if we come back and you still want to do this. We need an intern that will do this for us. Yeah. Onyx, the next day, he dug out the old um, – we had a pile of landscaping pavers, pavers in the edge of the woods where he knew where they were. He dug them out and built this, like, walled structure. He started a fire, and then he needed me to drill holes in some uh, scrap metal tubing that he found. And then he took, like, foil and wrapped our battery-powered leaf blower to the end of it. So he was forcing air (laughs) through this thing, and it was underneath the fire, and he's, like, over there. with. He had it. He dug out Grandpa's old anvil, and he (laughs) took one of my hammers. And, like, I let it—we let it go for a little while, and then I walked back there, and I was like— no. Uh-uh. Did like, you get him a leather apron yet? <laughs> that would have been next. No, it, it, it was, this was like the first time we actually had to just break his heart like, and just be like, 
No. Not happening. Yeah. Not happen. I told Milo, I'm like, well, you can come down. We can throw a rosebud on the torch and yeah, we can heat some metal up and bend it around a little bit, but uh, we're not going to yeah. get it pounded into a sword or really sharpened or anything. Yeah. It's not. He's like, you sure? Because I watched one guy and he kind of <laughs> did it that way. He, he had, he blew some air. I think he said a leaf blower. I think he said he set up a leaf blower and blew some air in there and was able to get hot enough. I'm like, yeah, but like, no. Maybe so- my 10 year old shouldn't be. You know, working over a fire and hammering on an anvil for a hot. Right. With Let's no shirt on and, like, no shoes. Because this yeah. is how Onyx lives. Oh, uh, yeah. Onyx was in the shop that day when I'm drilling holes in that in that pipe for Barefoot him. And I look over, and I'm topless. like, Onyx, you don't even have shoes on. Yeah. He's like, what do I need those on for? <laughs> Here, step on this. We live on a farm, man. <laughs> so, today, thankfully, baseball season has started now. And, and he's been, now he needs a, a, what do you call it, a pitching machine. I'm like, we are not buying you a pitching machine. Like, what? Like, just Doesn't he have it. sisters? Just, no. Like, no, Onyx. And he's like, what? Well, I'm going to build one then. And I'm like, whatever. Just go away. And so, two hours later, he's like, I've got a plan. And I'm just like, okay, Onyx. And so, he goes and he drags out some drain tile. I don't know, six-inch drain tile. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it is. And yeah, goes, definitely, Zach. He goes yeah, it's more like four. Four but. inch. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, what they all say. No, so he goes, he goes, and he gets a, a, a ladder, and he wraps this drain tile around the ladder. shut the fireplace off, Beck. And he rigs it up so he can drop the ball, the baseball, in the at the top of the ladder down this thing, and then he quick, and he runs around to the other side and waits for the ball to come shooting out of the drain <laughs> tile so he can swing at it. Just like. <laughs> Does Anna bring it back for him? Ah, no, she's not much of a fetcher. Well, the problem is this thing will never get perfected and actually work conveniently. And then he'll leave the stepladder and the pipe in the backyard. <laughs> I, I tried make him, yeah. making him tear it down right away, and he's like, no, I'm using it. It works. And I'm just like, yeah, sure it does. But yeah. <laughs> So give it a week, and then he'll be mad that he has to mow around. And then right. you'll, be, you'll be picking it up. I'll be it picking up. it up while he's yeah, crying because I asked him to pick it up. <laughs> I did make him put the blacksmith stuff away today, and that's been, what, a month? Yeah. There's yeah. been a cardboard fort in my garage for two and a half weeks because, no, I'm still using that. Yep. No, I'm still using that. Yeah, Every you cardboard gotta, you box gotta get rid of that house. stuff when they're you not home. You could hide home. a cat in there. Oh, my God. Put it in the closet. Well, right now when you're not home, but you guys are also working from home. Yeah, that's the hard part. Every day. The so kids everybody's home every day. And the kids don't leave. So Right, which is why when you go to Matt's house at 5 in the afternoon, he's in his undies or his, uh, his pajama pants. And Thank you. Yeah, pajama pants. Paja- you sorry. wear pajama, pajama pants, pants all day long. Mm. He works from home. Now that the family's home, usually it's boxers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a uh, wasn't a meme. It was a a message going around. This guy that works from home. Do you remember that where he calls nine one one? He works from home. No. Nope. We're gonna Elaborate. Google it as soon as this is done. I'll share it. This it's a it's a message where you. He calls nine one one and he's like, "She's like nine one one. What's your emergency?" And he's like, uh, "I work from home." And she's like, "Oh, okay." And then they go through whatever. Well, have you eaten yet today? No. <laughs> okay, <laughs> go eat something. And it goes through this whole thing like, "Have you pooped? have you put pants on yet?" No. <laughs> it's this whole, it's like a three minute long thing. It's hilarious. It makes me think of Matt every time I listen. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Have you done any actual work today? No. <laughs> it's like you already know the answers. You just, it hurts to admit them to someone else. Yes. 
What about uh, the time that we made a uh, homemade pool heater out of a shop vac? Remember that? This is a yeah, former blacksmithing, wasn't it? Yeah. It's got to be a little well, bit. Well, sort of. The pool's cold. So uh, we, we had a 55-gallon uh, drum. And well, first we started. We kept perfection. At first we had just a 55. You 55- kept wetting it? Per- perfecting Perfection. it. Perfecting it. He's never had He's more than 10 years in one sitting. Correct. So we had this copper coil that we coiled up in a 55-gallon drum with a hose going from the pool to the copper tube, back to the pool, through a pump, so it'd circle it, and then we built a wood fire over it. And it it kicked out lukewarm water, but it wasn't nothing great. So then we drilled a bunch of holes in the uh, 55-gallon drum. Get some oxygen in there. Went and got the shop back, hooked it up backwards so it'd blow air, and put it in the bottom and we were burning a 55-gallon drum of wood in 10 minutes, 5 minutes. Very <laughs> quickly. To the point, it was, the it water was... boiling when it, it came It was. Out. Yes. At it one point, it was steaming. Yeah. The pool was? The, the, the water coming out of the, coming out, out of the tube. There was no more tube. water. It was steam. Then we had to torn it down a little bit. We took that pool from 55 degrees to like 105 and pretty, pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> that was the well, old. I don't that know was, if it was your quite old that extreme, but it was hot. Well, it got it. I bet it was a hundred. It was warm. <laughs> it was Even not seventy a, it was degree not water. Degrees. Seventy degree water feels cold when you jump in it. Yeah, I, it was probably, dark. I mean, the hot tub you have at a hundred and oh, and your body temp's ninety eight six, so it probably was close to a hundred. It was ninety. It feels at warm. least ninety, anyways. Because but you, that was that was the pool that was next to the garage. So yes. then we just would grab a ladder and set up to the garage. And then do cannonballs off of the garage roof into the pool, as any good yeah. bunch good of adults would. would. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. There was uh, one such party. He always had Prairie Fest. In yeah. Place. Prairie Fest. Prairie Fest. Yeah. Yes. We renamed Does Prairie it Fest not Fest. exist anymore? No. It's just turned it turned into camping. No. Yeah. Oh. We we got older, kids and. Yeah. But. Uh, uh, I don't even know what time. Well, Casey and I watched Sunrise, so whatever time that would have been in August. But before that, we were doing cannonballs into the pool. And at some <laughs> off point. Off the roof. Off the roof. At some point, we quit. Matt comes out the next morning because he went to bed at like 9 o'clock or something. He comes AM out, or PM? <laughs> PM. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I was very disappointed him that night. Anyways, he comes out in the morning, and the pool's sitting there, because there was no, the water was too low. It wasn't, it wasn't hitting the skimmer anymore. So the filter's just sitting there running dry. We'd done so many cannonballs, there was I'm no. Pretty sure water. somebody threw my dog into the pool too, because the whole filter was clogged with dog hair, and there was no water going in the filter. It's full of leaves and yeah. everything else <laughs> that comes out. <laughs> that was a pretty good time. Was this before you could blame it on children? No, we would have had children, but they're really young yet. They couldn't be that mischievous yet. They weren't. We put right. them to bed real early back then, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, the good old days. Yep. Yes. Yep. yep, those are good times. <laughs> oh, I remember what I wanted to get back into. So you get your members by, what do you call it? Um, what do you call your get-togethers where you raise money? Banquets. 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 And that's how you get your memberships, right? Uh, More or less, yes. So... Getting back to the chapter model, volunteers raise the money. Um, we talked a lot earlier about kind of the rules, or you mentioned maybe the the rules of Pheasants Forever. There's not many. Uh, one I would of the, assume you have to. One have of the some rules, rules is that those chapters 
host an annual membership event, and that's been termed banquet for many, many years. And at the banquet, people will get their annual membership to Pheasants Forever as and then an organization. They, they fundraise by and winning raffle guns, tickets. raffle right. tickets. So that $35 for a one-year membership to Pheasants Forever or Quail Forever is basically what gets sent back to the national office. That's what allows us to operate. And the rest of the proceeds raised that evening. The chapter well, so gets the, to decide how to spend them. So the membership fee is $35? For a one-year annual membership. For a one-year annual yep. membership. And that all goes back to? That goes to, to the national organization. Okay. Yeah, to pay for people like you. To pay for people like me to some extent to, to keep the lights on. Um, I squeezed a hundred out of you, so that was neat. Uh, thank you for that. Well, that's why, but, that's why I just questioned because you, know. you your text was like, hey, <laughs> since you didn't hit a banquet this year, we, we didn't get your membership. Would you like a membership? Here's a form to donate a hundred dollars. So I'm like, geez, Zach memberships up went up. And then we, Tanner wanted to know, did you put Zach under Pope County? Uh, what did Zach tell me to put him under? I Ooh. don't know if I did. I clarify. Would I have Pope clarified when I filled here? it out? We live Pope here. We are in Pope. So. Well, did you? Yeah. I did mine online. Well, he, so, so I think he I'd... sent off the message saying, like, what was it? The donate to the Wetlands Week or whatever you called yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Giving Tuesday, I believe it was. Giving yeah. Tuesday. Giving yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. Giving it was. Tuesday. It was something like blah blah blah. Hey, you sorry souls. Blah blah blah. As my best friends, you give are me obligated. money. Because yeah, worked, my paycheck obviously. requires yeah. this and something, something. And I thought on it for a couple of days, and then I just forgot. And then he texted back, you should at least consider renewing your membership. So you must be able to go way back. Because I haven't been a member of PF since, like, high school. Well, I was pulling on your heartstrings there, buddy. You were. Nice well, you, you were. I bet you <laughs> did when you went and spoke. Because you spoke at a Pheasants Forever a few years ago. I don't yeah, think Yeah, no, was a but member. I wasn't a member. Uh-uh, no way. Uh-uh, I didn't pay oh, a membership. I wonder if they didn't pay for one in you, though, because to get in, that you would have had a card or a... No, I, mean, that's I think get in the they door, just... The ticket. I was a speaker. speaker. You just so walked just in and said, like, I'm the speaker, and they went, I'm going to try that next time. paid for your membership yeah, for that, he was for that so? service. I'm pretty certain of it. Really? Yeah. They didn't make me aware of that, and I'm not sure I'd have done it. But the next time, <laughs> the next time I yeah, go to a, a banquet, public speaking gig even. I'm just, just gonna tell the lady like at the front favor, desk I'm that I'm speaking. Sure. That's a donation. Yeah, see if go. I can get in. Yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, I went in. I'm like, ah, God, yeah, all right, fine. I'll just, I'll be a member again. So I went in and looked. I'm like, well, because you were, I think you were asking for a hundred bucks. I think it was asking you two for a hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So then I looked at the options, and I'm like, well, if I become this whatever member, I get a, I get a. Uh, like a Leatherman, a multi-tool. Yeah. So I just just what we need. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. another multi-tool. Because I only have like 46, yeah. seven of those. Yeah. I had just, you, this is a nice you one. You can't get that one off the store shelves, though. No, it says Wingmaster on it. It's in the boat now. It says Pheasants Forever on it, mm. I bet, too. It's in the speedboat? Yeah, I think it does. Oh, yeah, it's in the glove compartment in the boat. That's for the podcast. <laughs> yes. I got a new boat. She did. <laughs> yep. What were we, I don't remember even what we were banking on that with. I don't know either. There's something we were goal. going for to get a, to for the boat fund. Then I'd get there, a boat. I don't remember what it was anymore, though. I get favors or? No. <laughs> we had to reach some. There was like a goal we set. But yeah. I don't, But it wasn't. I don't remember. It was the boat goal or the boat funder. I don't really now remember. Now we have a boat for sale. Right. Seduction is for sale, yeah. yeah. Well, the it's, it's more of a. I get favors that day that you guys stopped at my house and you were supposed to be back by a certain time. Did Got that it. Go, how did that work it out? It worked out. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. It was delayed, but it worked out. <laughs> See. 
Seduction is more yeah, of Matt a. Matt put a hole in seduction. Suction. It's it's missing the middle of seduction on the windshield. The middle of that's missing. So whatever the boat is literally cracked. No, no, there's a chunk missing. There's a whole chunk. I the size of Zach's hand with me. Yeah. That was in yeah, the as we, it's exactly the size of my hand. As we <laughs> submarine the pontoon and cleared every cooler and everything off of it. Were you you two the, weren't there? Even the day, Dorito bags took off. on water. You weren't on Yeah, you were. Not the capsized one. It that was the year so fast. That was the year so, they uh, bought their house and had to work on their house. Oh, oh that's what it was. Was it just last year? Two years, Two years ago. Two years ago. It's probably why it happened. Aaron would have never let that happen. She wouldn't have. No. Yeah. She let Corey sit up front. Thanks a lot, Aaron. Yeah, I don't Corey, know. You bloodied my hand that day. That was the year that Corey yes. was puking, right? Yeah. Um, well, I think no, he did. That was no, the year I that was the year before. Fell through the deck. Oh. That was the year. That was a faulty decking. Yeah, that was a, and I wasn't you there. You weren't that there. Year. You were not there that. Which is why you allowed the pheasant guy to fall through the deck of your. Oh. It's fine. I tore the windshield off the next year. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that boat's for sale. <laughs> <laughs> she is a beaut, Clark. She's Un- a beaut. Unsinkable. Believe it or not, it did pop back up. Yep, with minus We've my sunk cooler. it a time or two for just a moment. Yeah, she pops right back up. Yeah, yes. Unsinkable. Just be ready for it because you will hit the deck fast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it comes to a stop. Yeah, I was well, literally the, resting the, my hand on the windshield, and the windshield came with me. It goes, it goes, it stops from top speed of four miles. Yeah, it is vessel. funny how fast it happens when you hit a water wall at four miles an hour. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.